Hello there, Mind Shakers. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Shake Podcast. This podcast has been developing and growing beyond our expectations. And we would like to thank you for your continual support. That's all. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Mind Shack. This is episode three. Oh my gosh. Mind Shack is a Gen Z podcast that focuses on discussing societal issues, entrepreneurial leadership, and borders on topics in psychology for Africans. Please do check us out on all our relevant social media at mind underscore shack underscore, particularly Instagram, where you get most of our updates from our podcast. Today, we're talking about a very interesting topic. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> I'm sure most of us know that song, but I'm not alone today. I have the amazing John Claude with me today, hosting. How are you feeling, John Claude? And, you know, what are you looking forward to in this episode? Hey, thank you so much, Rulo. Um, I'm feeling good and um, feeling excited for this episode as well. I think it's going to be a good episode in the sense that we're talking about something that uh, is probably being led by a lot of like tradition and culture um, for reasons that could be positive or negative within the African context. So I'm like very excited to break down how better we can understand and speak about the topic transparently. You're right. And with us today, we are so honored to have, you know, the well-accomplished Auntie Y with us. Um, will you please tell us more about yourself and what you're looking forward to today? Thank you very much, guys. My Shark, you are doing a wonderful job. I've seen some of your work. And uh, it's exciting to see young people really going back and looking at comparisons of what's happening in the world. I'm personally here to have a conversation because I'm not sure we can really cover a topic of sexuality of any nature in terms of uh, countries or locations. So let's just keep our minds open and uh, just talk about it and see how far we go. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. So without further ado, um, do you know, today's topic is on sex in Africa. So we'll be breaking it down, asking a few questions around whether it's taboo or not, and just sharing our different perspectives. So to start us off, Auntie Y, I'd just like to know, what do you think is the most common view of sex in Africa? And what is the appropriate time, in your opinion, do you think we should start talking about it? Wow. I wish I could tell you how... I mean, I don't know how far back to go because when you talk about discussing or talking about sex, number one, and I am not qualified to represent the entire Africa, I'll talk more about my background in the community and uh, the custom that I've grown in. Sex was never a taboo. In fact, it is something that young people were prepared from very, very early age on. And when a girl started her menstruation, her aunties would take her aside and would start talking to her. The boys had their uncles and the grandparents talking to them. The only thing that never happens usually with African custom is parents, mom, dad, do not talk to the children because obviously we come from large family trees and therefore there are many other people that can talk to you. So I get a little bit uh, uh, perturbed when um, I have to talk about tabooness of sex 
and Africa. I mean, then um, a lead question for me would be understanding a little bit of the perspective, why the perspective has been created and basically accepted by, accepted or not accepted by African communities. Am I able to speak on that? Yes, I, I will speak on that because what, what has happened is Africans, and I'm talking about customs, whether it is West, East, South, it doesn't matter where, each one of those uh, tribal uh, people or customs or cultures had their own way of communicating. They knew the timing. They went by that particular format. And I cannot tell you how it all started or who started it, but it is something that was followed and followed very, very carefully. Now, we have had a new era altogether. And as I'm talking to you, I'm imagining, I'm sorry we did not catch up earlier to find out the age differences. You're talking to me and I'm over 50. Mm. I imagine you're still in school, so you cannot be over 25, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> so here we go. You have grown up in an era where everything was, as we started the, the topic, let's talk about sex, baby. You know, it's, it's, it's out there and it's thrown at you in all, all manner of ways. But unfortunately, it is not given to you on both sides because there is two sides to, add to every coin, isn't there? So what is happening today is that young people are looking more at the glamour they do not get to hear what the consequence or the price would be to pay if anything was to happen to them, if anything was to, to go wrong. For instance, let me give you an idea. And that is the perspective that I look at. My parents were telling me that during their time, if a boy dared touch the, what I would call the underwear zone, touching the area that is covered, private areas of a girl that is in even trying to remove the skirt that she was wearing, that boy would be disowned and would have to leave the village to go elsewhere. Now, imagine that and, and bring it back to this era. There's a big, big difference because today what we are doing is we are asking for a right to go out, a right to have a girlfriend, but at what point and when do we do that? So it mixes everything and brings us to realize that everything is, it needs to be talked about and we need to go back and see how Africans really used to do it before we were given all this freedom that was literally thrown at us without really being segmented with description or any manual. So how do you think it has been any changes between how sexuality is viewed how it was viewed before and how it is viewed now. Yeah, there's, there's a big change. And uh, the change is that because my generation did not get to hear from their parents, but there were aunties that were telling us everything that we needed to know. What's happening now is that the aunties are no longer there we have gone into having, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, fences in our homes 
So anybody who is not within inside the fence cannot be able to really tell somebody anything, including the young people. So the change now is that the parents of the young people today still have a problem communicating the subject of sexuality to their children. And when they try to do it, for lack of being able to communicate the right way, they normally always come out as if they are accusing the young people, their children, of course. And if you listen to the older generation, you would hear them saying, oh, young people these days, oh, young people these days. But they never finish that statement and what it is they want to say. What they are saying is we don't understand them, they don't understand us, and we don't communicate anymore. But where are the young people getting their information from? As opposed to where it used to be the aunties, the uncles, and the grandparents, it's now on YouTube or the social media or the books are there. There are so many uh, resources where we can get information. So the difference starts from there because I'm not sure that when you go to social media or watch a film and see something that glitters and it's beautiful, whether it actually teaches you anything apart from the fact that it gives you desire. And when it gives one desire, they go and out of curiosity try to do something and it made a boomerang. It might actually ricochet because when we talk about sexuality, there is always the issue of, first of all, realizing and understanding and appreciating that the minute you talk about sex, you are no longer just talking about a physical thing. You have gone and involved and brought in all the other parts of who you are as a whole person. And as a whole person, you're talking about being, uh, how, how does that topic affect your emotions, affect your mental, and affect your social status. To me, if you ask that question, I would say this is where the difference really comes in. Auntie why you're definitely right. And just thinking about it, or like, you know, looking at my own childhood, you know, you're asked when you have conversations about um, sex, it's either they say don't have sex and, you know, they never get into depth why, for first and foremost, or they don't really want to even engage in conversations like that. So I think this is a good platform, you know, to, to urge parents to actually realize that you, you can talk about topics like this, you know, and this can literally reduce or prevent, you know, the youth from being curious, you know, and trying things and making the mistakes that most people make. Um, however, I think we should definitely encourage conversation like you briefly touched on. You know, but just talking about sex, you know, we can't um, take away the fact that there are two sexes in the equation. So there are males and females, and mostly because of reproductive reason and, you know, enjoyable, pleasurable reasons. So I just wanted to know from you, do you think that Africans view female and male sexuality differently? Are there any advantages that males have that females don't have or vice versa? I believe and I don't mean to insult anyone there, JC, please forgive me, but uh, uh, in the African uh, perspective, I think there is always that um, control by the male 
and uh, the having the upper hand. And, and that means when they want, how they want, and where they want. All those things will play. One, again, because there is another thing that comes to affect the female. The female gets affected by the fact that maybe we grew up always being told, be good, be nice. You know, and if you say no, you're not a good girl. So when you say no, you're not a good girl, even when you're actually now talking about this very topic of sexuality. So from there, what happens is we just succumb and say yes. But let me ask you something. Why do you think we do that? We are doing that because this is someone who showed interest in me. I don't want to be alone. Everybody has a partner. Everybody has, or maybe I even believe everybody's having sex. So at the end of the day, I don't want to be left out because then I'll be the laughing stock from my friends, from school, from wherever. And out of that, I say yes and succumb to something I wasn't really ready for. And I will do whatever it is you ask me to do. This is one of the biggest problems that we are seeing young people going through today. And that is one of the things that I'm always out there talking to young people, adolescents, teenagers, and just helping them, teaching them so that they can know where to draw that line. And to know that saying no is also a very, very powerful and beautiful word to use. Right now we're going to a quick break. This break is one to say thank you. Thank you to you, our listener, for your feedback, for engaging with our podcast on our various social media as we work to improve and incorporate it. We urge you to continue to do so as we set sail. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. You know, Auntie Wai, you mentioned such beautiful points, but I think what I mainly pick up from what you're saying is consent. And, you know, most people try, or not try, but literally avoid that important aspect of talking about sex is the fact that you need to teach consent, especially to our young men, you know, because it's not common, you know, pertaining the rape cases and, you know, all the sexual assault um, statistics that are in Africa specifically. So I absolutely agree with you that some females feel like they have to say yes all the time and kind of be, you know, uh, subordinate and not dominant in any way because they weren't the ones who did the fishing. And I think, I think as time goes or has time has shown, you know, roles are changing and different things. But I think that's very interesting to talk about, you know, the concept of consent. Another question that I have for you is when you talked about the, the female and male, what are the, what do the differences look like, like in a real life situation, like in a marriage, for instance, or like in a relationship? In, in any situation, it, again, you know, the thing is, please forgive me, I cannot talk without going back home because, and I'm not talking about my home, I'm talking about anybody's home. Everything starts from home. So whatever we learn outside, 
It doesn't matter whether I'm the one teaching it or you read it on Google or whatever it is. You want to know whether your parents will endorse it. What would they think about it? What would they say about it? Before you go and introduce that young man or that young girl, you're going to also want to actually hope that they are going to say yes, they are going to like her because this, this, that, the other. Now, is there a difference between the two? Yes. Uh, we all come from different backgrounds, but one of the things that is very, very evident, and it's just now starting to kind of die down, is trying to actually have children and be proud that you have a son as a family. Why? Because that son is the one who's going to carry the name. That son, as soon as he's born, he has more privileges than the girl. Why? Because again, if you're talking about sex in Africa, in the African context, we are talking about a girl getting married. And I don't know of many African cultures where the girl pays dowry. It's always the boy that pays dowry. So he comes in already on an upper hand. And that gives him that importance. But today, something is happening. And it's happening with your generation. You are starting to say, we can be equal. And that equality does not mean strength or anything else, but rather respect. Respect about your sexuality, respect about what I want, respect of, about you listening and excusing me and agreeing when I say, do not. Is there a difference else other than that? Yes, uh, not long ago, and still in some cultures today, even though the woman is the one might be working in the farm throughout with the children, the money goes to the husband and he controls what he does with that money. The man can go and get married to several other women or even have affairs outside. If the woman does that, what is she called? And why is she called that, you know? There are so many things we can look at, and that is what the difference that you're looking at. It's not so much about uh, uh, LGBTQ. It's, it's, it's about what role do I, as a female, does he, as a male, play in this relationship? So then, yeah. with the problems we have in this world, so much starts at the home, with the parents, how they brought up their yeah. kids. And I think that also like plays part and parcel with sex education in general. Sex education is like the, should be some of the closing steps in understanding what sex is about. But in the home, it's conversations that um, children have to be acquainted with and not get to a point of experimenting. And that's why I really agree with that. Now, what do you think, uh, let's now speak of solutions to issues of people that uh, have been somewhat, uh, let's call it, misguided by the lack of sex education they've had in their lives. Uh, you know, uh, for the last 20 years, I've been talking and, and teaching what I call creating positive relationships. And uh, it's, it's really a sex education program. But it does not hit anyone on the head to tell them, don't, don't, don't. It guides them by telling them, if you start 
by first respecting yourself, you will be able to then say you are valuable enough and whoever it is you associate yourself with has got to also be as valuable and therefore respect the same of you. Once you pass from that point, sex education becomes one where you are saying, we are going to see whether we can be compatible. I'm going to see what love is and understand what love stands for because it is so possible to have sex and not love. Is it? Yes. You can, I mean, it's happening every day. And in fact, you hear someone, it's nothing. It was just sex. But hang on, is that all it was? So for the young people today need the hearing the talk of sex is so that they can understand that there will be a time and, and I am the first person to say it's the most beautiful thing that should be anticipated, but should not be rushed into. If parents can get that and know that they need to prepare their children that one day you will drive a car, but until you're 18, you are not going to get a license. So why would you go and want to do anything when you're 15, just because you have this feeling that tells you you're in love? When it comes to those things, there are so many different ways of looking at it. Number one, yes, we are growing physically and, and, and physical growth does not determine just because you are that much taller or however old you are in terms of you are now 14 or 15, you can rush into it. But even at 18, 19, if you had not been prepared or given any foundation of talking or listening to anybody who cared enough to help, you will still make those mistakes. So it goes and affects your emotional standing because there will be regrets. It can affect us physically because even physically, after that act has happened, it's very possible that something else comes along. It could be an STD, it could be a pregnancy, but then there's the argument of, but we have all the protection we need. We don't need to worry about that. So what I'm trying to drive at is we have to weigh all the balances, check and balance, until we can be able to say that person is ready, they understand, and the choice you make is going to be a choice that is yours and you're ready to take responsibility for it. Not blame, but responsibility for it. Having said that, this completely exonerates anybody who has ever, ever been sexually abused. Because when we talk about sex, let's also remember there are many people who are having issues, problems that they did not invite. I'm so... I don't know about you, Jay, but I'm so grateful about the wisdom, the gems that have been dropped right now. You mentioned such a beautiful thing about respect, and I agree with you that so many people don't value the act anymore. You know, people just say it's just sex, you know, I mean, you don't really need to, you know, take anything from it, you know, but just like the pleasure, I guess. 
But for me personally, yeah. I think well, this is my personal view that that it should be valued and it should be you know done in like in a containment. And I think that's what you're kind of trying to portray. Do you think? Do you think that the more African youth become sexually liberated, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? What are the pros and cons that will come with that? I no longer look at Africa as Africans. We are children of the universe. Where are you calling me from? You could be all over. I don't know where you are. You know, some of us are, but, but we are, who are we? We are children of the universe. You go out there, you meet someone from the part of the country where you are, the world where you are. You are listening to the same music. You are talking the same language. You are watching the same movies. At what point then do I draw you now and make you and pull you away? My child, you are an African. And if I do that, you are going to rebel and you're going to run away farther away from me. And there crumbles the family. Mine is to just put you back on the rail if you derail. If there, are, there is a saying in Africa that says, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're beating a child, if you imagine your, your hand, take your hand, your right hand, if you hit on the outside, towards outside of yourself, of your body, you're chasing away, okay? But we don't do that in Africa. We beat by bringing the hand inside. In other words, I'll smack your bottom, but I will also embrace you and tell you, sweetheart, I smacked you because I wanted you to learn. I don't know, but that to me is the same thing that a lot of parents wish for us, but we are unable to actually communicate it to the young people so that they can get to, to see what that means. I would just like to know, how do we start to begin to break down these taboos? Um, just around what we've been talking about and how do we change the perspectives of young people in Africa? I have I, I, noticed that uh, because of the respect we still hold uh, for the generation gap, the young people are more than willing and they are learning and they are embracing, they are listening and they are actually doing what is right. Unfortunately, if in any culture, because there are so many of us and so many of them, go out there and you are forced or told you have to do this because of ABC by your family, that could actually be the problem that we are unable to bypass in order to become the, the, the free people that we want to be. Is there any way that we can be able to actually open ourselves so that everything becomes all acceptable to both young and the community? Let's, let's say the entire community of Africa. Yes. Starting from where I am, I talk to the parents near me and I tell them it's okay to talk about sex with your children. At what age do you need to start talking to? And that's, these are questions I've been asked that I'm sharing with you now. At what age do you start talking to them? Do you know the first child 
uh, first age of a child asking you about anything to do with sex. It can be as young as three years old. And so if you imagine just being very able to casually talk about it, but at the same time, give facts, okay? Not, not you came from cabbage, or I don't know, you are found in a plantation or whatever it is, but the reality of it, when a child asks the question, they are given the actual answer, but age appropriate. Little by little, by the time they are 15 and 18, they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They know exactly what they should stay away from. And they even know the kind of person that is sincere for them. Auntie Irene, I'm gonna say this, uh... I could speak to you all day. There's a lot of like wisdom and more information I feel like we could share and speak about. Um, so in that like same kind of spirit, I wanted to know if you're open to people reaching out to you. How can, if listeners right now that have come through to the end and enjoy the conversation, how could they contact you if they have questions or doubts or don't have access to proper sexual education? I'll be more than happy to help. I believe I'm, if I'm not wrong, one of you might have my my telephone number, my mob, my WhatsApp number. So try and reach me on my WhatsApp, which is uh, 230, that's the area code, 54987333. I'll be more than happy to help anybody out there that might be going through any relationship issue and in particular when it comes to sexuality. Well, there you have it, folks. You can reach out to Auntie Wahirumu at any time with any questions that you have pertaining sexual health or sexual education. Wow, you listened through to the end? Thank you. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at mind underscore shack underscore. And if you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or all of them. There's going to be more exciting episodes to come. So, see you on the next one.